0: Um, need to give her of what
1: she let's let's um, let's start this way. Um, the first thing that I want to say is that we should perhaps work with a tentative definition of the difference between a value statement a law and a regulation um, Again, these these are going to be ad hoc definitions because law as right, law, like halakha, has different meanings in different in different contexts. Um, and but I, I think it might be useful for us to frame this. Um this mirror? showed back. Okay, so um, what I want to work with a value statement is is something which just states one value. Courage is good. Privacy is good. Um, the problem with such statements is that it's rare to find real disagreements um, about them. Sometimes like you can, but mostly, if you ask people to, if you say a number of simple do and do not statements, you'll get pretty broad agreement uh, across the spectrum uh, on them or on right on um, on value statements like you know do be do be courageous, don't be cowardly, and they'll require some definition. But on the whole, people will uh, people will. Agree with that, unless they're rabbits, of course. one of our favorite children's book books. The uh, most cowardly in the land, we the <laughs> most timid in the land. Yes, most timid in the land, uh, because rabbits value timidity over uh, over rather than courage. Uh, you have to train yourself to run away. Um, okay, I used to in uh, in my younger, more um, work, more more uh, provocative days. So I would go to uh, interdenominational meetings in which, you know, which would all be about trying to join up to, to to draw up joint statements of values. And at the end of the at the end of it, everyone would be very happy because of a big statement about the values we share, like being nice to people mm-hmm. and not breaking their stuff and things like that. And I would ask if you could find any religious group in the world that we didn't agree with about these values. And what do we actually accomplish in terms of Jewish unity? Mm-hmm. Um, and that would make me one or two friends and lots of enemies. Uh, still good friends though, on the whole. <laughs> um, so that's right. So, it's a value statements, uh, value statements in that framework are not so valuable. Now, what you can happen, at least in American law, pragmatically, we can distinguish between things which I call law and values. That very often in contemporary American law, all a law does is establish the balance between values. Uh, right. You need right. You need right. And prioritize right. You should prioritize the interests of the endangered species over the property rights of the owner. And then you'll give it to an agency, which is that has all the, the agency will make the rules that in its judgment are best capable of achieving the balance of values that are set out in the law. All right, so, right, so, right, so, right, so, right, so those are three so those are three different stages. Now, I understand that the regulations over time can become counterproductive. Right, you can have a regulation that, right? And the regulations are often very much expect very much framed by what would happen if we didn't make a rule against this, right? um, and that can change very much in different societies. What would happen if we didn't make a rule against it? It might be that in one society, if we didn't make a rule against uh, against um, against shooting a spotted owl, everybody would ha- take you know everybody would just have their spotted owls as pets. And in other country in other society, everyone would shoot all the spotted owls. And that might not be a value statement. It might just depend on whether, on whether spotted owls were seen as talent, you know, as aphrodisiacs in a particular part of that culture that raised the, that raised the price of, of spotted owl feathers, uh, right? So, in a society where they are seen as an aphrodisiac, all the spotted owls are gone. On the other hand, in a society where spotted, where for whatever reason, spotted owls, the the sight of a spotted owl is presumed to give you good luck for the next two weeks. Right? Spotted owls will be very well preserved. Okay, right. So a regula- but a regulation is not the same thing as a law in that way because right, regulation is only intended to achieve that purpose now in american law we have these distinctions right because we know that right, agencies right we can see an agent when an agency makes a regulation the purpose of that regulation is to achieve the aims of the law isn't
2: that just another law
1: no because regulation you you, you can the different people can change them right agencies can change the regulations but con- only congress can change the law and they're set up. Regulations are set up to be much more fungible than law. They don't require a majority vote, right? Right. They just require right? they, they just require whoever has executive authority there. Um, right?
2: it's a law on a smaller scale.
1: Yes, I mean again, the word law. As I said, the word law is ambiguous, right? It's, it has the same binding force although you can imagine it being sent to different court systems, right? There are all sorts of ways in which we can, we have set up this hierarchy in, in American society, which is, you know, some people challenge whether actually, there are two kinds of challenges. One one challenge is that Congress is not allowed to delegate this kind of, it's, it's lawmaking authority. And the other is that the president is not allowed to delegate his executive authority. and. Independent agencies violate both of those, and so there's lots of history about trying to figure out why we have such a system in America. But in practice, we often have such a system where all the lawmaking body does is set out the balance of values and then it directs an agency to make such laws as are necessary to carry out its value statements. And this is sometimes the way the Constitution relates to Congress. right? It empowers Congress to make all, all the laws necessary to set up an effective taxation system. Okay, so the problem in halakha is we often don't have clarity as to which is which. No. Right, we, don't, we often don't know whether what we're engaged in is a regulation designed to achieve some kind of balance of values, or whether the law per se is valuable.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that matters how we, right, how we, there's laws that, right, if if, the, if what we have really is just a regulation intended to achieve a balance of values, not to express a value, right, but to achieve a balance of values, so then our goal is to figure out, well, what's the balance of values and how should we adjust the regulations? On the other end, if what we have is a statement like, this is what you have to do with this, right, that, period, right, without any, without any, without and it, right, it's, it has its own authority, and that would be a very different thing. So I just want to set that out that we can think about that. And some of the conversation we've been having is you don't always have to make regulations. You can let people live by the law directly. right? So some of the conversations we're having is to write the Chavez Chaim. So one way of thinking about the Hayim, right Chaim, um, right. so Benny Brown gives you a framework where it shifts from ethics to law. Another way of sh- shifting it is from law to highly regulated law. Um, but that right, but that lets you revisit it a lot more. If you think of the Chavez Chaim as a set of regulations designed to achieve things in a particular society, which might have been the proper reaction to what he perceived as the complete chaos about about speech in his society, and maybe once it accomplishes its purpose, you need fewer regulations because now the balance of values goes the other way because the effectiveness of the Chavis Chaim was spectacular and led to a problem that people wouldn't report abuse,
2: mm-hmm. right? Is that you regulation is just a law that gives mm-hmm. a less strong precedent.
1: Yes, and, it is, and you should always be a value, right? You, you never think, about, "Well, this is what God told me to do." He says, right, God told us as a, to build this kind of society. And we have to figure out how to get, get there. And one of our jobs at Postgame is to figure out when the way to get there is to tell people, right? Don't do this. And when the way to tell people is to tell people to make up your own minds, mm-hmm. right? And right, or when the way is to set up regulations the other way, right? So now we have lots of proclamations, which are already there in the Chavetz to be fair, but you have to figure out, right, you know, saying that you must report in these circumstances. Right, yeah have right, Hilchos, right? Hilchos Chiyav uh, right which we right which are there in the host to be fair right but the balance is framed
2: which is is the law itself important or right. is the values behind the law
1: important? right so you understand that on the orasis people get very scared that's why the people are scared about telling ami but what right the you know, the challenge is even the orasis there are there are what I would call law aspects of the orasis which are the things that you can't get away from the public meaning and then there are the regulation aspects where we choose in the same way the rob talks about cuban where we choose to say this is now the law. Uh, even though the law didn't have to be that way, it could have been, right? It could have been some other ways, and maybe a different society would be better a different way. And the ramam thinks of derises functioning that way, probably, um, but we don't. We have inflexible derises, so it's more of a challenge. Okay, that's why I just want to set it as background to think about what, right? Because when you get into a new area, right? So the challenge, right, as opposed, right, it, when you enter a new area, what I, I guess what I want to point out is we're not necessarily engaging in discovery of the law. Right? That's really what the, I guess the big nafkemina uh, is. If there's a new area where there isn't halacha presently, so that's for example, right? not mean, meaning there isn't recognized halacha presently? You can say our whole goal is to discover what halacha is, as opposed to what I'm arguing is our goal is to decide whether there should be halacha, and if so, at what level, and then we can figure out once we've decided what, right? As part of that, well, well, assuming there should be halacha, what should it be? But it may be, and that could be different in different societies. Okay. Second issue I wanted to set out was on the, uh, the framework of privacy. Um, so you can, we could use halakhic terms like, but I think it might be easier to illustrate differently. You can imagine, um, and we'll set it up using an analogy to, to sexuality, because I think it's probably the, the closest analogy and useful. So you can imagine a society which is set up on the basis of, it is better to marry than to burn. Okay, as right, as Shaul of Tarshish famously said, Paul. Um, now, in that society, celibacy is a value. Promiscuity is an evil. And, merit, right, and promiscuity is either a greater evil or a more realistic evil to prevent than celibacy. Right, than, uh, sorry, promiscuity is a very difficult evil to prevent. And it's seen as better to compromise on celibacy than to try and hold out because if you try to insist on celibacy, you'll end up with promiscuity.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's how we should view marriage. Right, Marriage is a compromise we make on the value of celibacy in order to prevent the evil of promiscuity. You could have a different society which argues, right, which argues that celibacy and promiscuity are both evils. Mm-hmm. And we have, right, and marriage is the proper way to navigate, right, is the proper way to navigate between those evils. We could have a society which um, which says that celibacy is right that celib that really the only evil is promiscuity celibacy is just an absence of intimacy. Are you using
0: the word evil instead of a surround purpose? Because especially yes. in this context, it's really yeah.
1: Valid. I'm talking about values because I'm not talking I'm not talking about just, we're deciding right before we decide how to regulate right sexuality we have to decide what our values are so promiscuity is an evil. That's what I'm, I'm,
0: I was about to
1: use the word Judaism, I was like right so I haven't gotten to Judaism yet I'm just setting up I'm just setting up right it started with Charlotte Tarshish, not a, not a Jewish figure at our <laughs> in, a, um, in our in our tradition. you can set up a society in which where right, which which with uh, the premise is that celibacy and um, and promiscuity are both evils and we navigate them. you can set up a society where um, celibacy is not an evil, it's an absence of a good but uh, right but intimacy, out, but intimacy outside marriage is, um, is is an evil. So we just said, right? So we just have to, you can't have the, the good of intimacy unless you have marriage. But it's not right. Um, or you can set up a society where celibacy and promiscuity are both goods. And just you can't have them both at the same time. So that's, that's a very di- right? That's a, di- that's a different society. You can imagine setting up regulations uh, regulations differently. So what I want to argue is, whatever we think Judaism says about all of these, and it's pretty clear that Judaism thinks that marriage is good. Uh, that uh, cel- you know, it's it's easy to argue that in Judaism, celibacy celibacy is at least the absence of a good and probably an evil, and that promiscuity is an evil. I think that those are all easy propositions to make. But what if we're not talking about um, sexuality, but we're just talking about privacy and intimacy? So you can imagine a society which says that um, oversharing is an evil, and right, and inability to share is an evil, and the compromise is right. The comp- the compromise is intimacy, right? The, the right, intimacy is the good, and there are two evils. Right? You can imagine a society. You can imagine setting up and saying, "No, really, the ultimate good would be the capacity to keep yourself to yourself." But we don't expect people to do that. So we allow people to have intimate relationships in which they share things about themselves. You can imagine a world in which we say, you know what, the ability to keep yourself to yourself, to have yourself to yourself, it all is many aspects, right? And I can divide this onto lots right? right? many all is a really an important good. So is intimacy. Um, but, right, so we need to navigate between those. Right, right, right. We're Do navigating with- Like sharing? We're right, yeah, we're now sharing things about yourself. Sharing, right, giving, which means surrendering information about yourself, um, right, surrendering certain, right, right, certain kinds, of, certain kinds of, of visual privacy, and also means giving up your autonomy, right, allowing other people to be part of your primary decisions. So that model, right, where that model where privacy and sharing um, right, and, and privacy privacy and intimacy are both goods. And we have to try and preserve both of them as opposed to right, as opposed to saying to saying that we have right this one good, which right is is the model the rub sets out, I think, in Lonely Man of Fate. Right. Well, there's Adam One and Adam Two, and Adam One is alone by definition, and there's a real power to that. And Adam Two is lonely. Um, right, and you have to right, and you, right so that that's a, at least the rub enables a model like that. Um, there, are, right. I just want, want to set out that there's not, you know, there shouldn't. Even though, right, even though we think in the realm of sexuality that we have some kind of handle on what, right, on what the Torah says about such issues, you know, about deal, dealing with the de race, the heteropolygamy and all sorts of issues like that. Um, we don't necessarily have anywhere near the same handle, but we have in uh, we have it, is a modern notion which is very deeply rooted in the sources, that sexuality and intimacy should be related. And therefore, it's easy to move from a model where we're saying, well, marriage is a good, and therefore therefore intimacy among a married couple is a good. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: But now let's talk, right? But we don't think that, right? But what does that space lead for friendship? Which is unrelated to marriage, right? So, okay, sexuality is limited to marriage, but friendship is not. Do we think that the ideal halachic figure is somebody who has lots of friends and shares everything with all of them? Do we think that the ideal the ideal life is somebody who right everybody should look for one friend in addition to your spouse, or really it should be the one friend should be your spouse? Um, right. All those right. All those are all the all those are different ways in which we could write books like let's say satal HaTalmudim. Uh, right, which are attempts to construct like, what should a yeshiva society be like? How should people relate to each other? Right? And that's not at all obvious from any of the normal halachic structures.
2: I mean, Are we saying this from a halachic sense or from a value
1: sense? So I'm talking values, and now we say, oh, but, the, but look, there are halachot that regulate privacy. And to some extent, halachot that regulate privacy are also going to regulate intimacy. Uh, but I want to put it that, which is what we're doing but I want to point out, it's not you know, that there isn't an obvious model. You can see how complicated even marriage is, right? Where Rav Dukhavsky and Roshan start with, it seems like very different images, right? Where Dukhavsky's image is that the goal of marriage is integration of personality and there shouldn't be any privacy. And Roshan says, what are you talking about? That's not what marriage is. Marriage is two independent people coming together, right? Because Roshan has probably read the Rov, And it wouldn't surprise me Rav Kalevsky has read Rav Cook. Hmm. I mean, that could vary. You could very, right? I don't know about anything about cook's marriage, but you could easily imagine, um, right? That, it, you know, that different kind, of, right? That, um, you could talk about how there, you know, there was a regnant position for many years that, in, that even Jewish mystics never believed in Unio Mystica, meaning that the ultimate goal of Jewish mysticism still let, meant you should preserve an eye. You're not supposed to merge with God. You're supposed to preserve identity. And that, right? And mean, that's always supposed to be there. And then you have, uh, you know, Professor Edel's work lately arguing that that's not true, and actually there is a whole strand of Jewish mysticism that believes mm. that the ultimate goal is for is, is to merge with God. Okay. Same yeah. notion, right? So, well, one way that's right? There's mm-hmm. a purpose in right in, in individuality. Once the purpose of individuality is going to be right, all those other things are going to flow from it. Right? Even mm-hmm. even as, even a vis God. And, right, because apparently if you take the position, right, to, to know that, you know, I think it's usually true to Nebuchadnezzar, I do know, right, that to, to, to know God would be to be God, and therefore you can't know, right, you can't really know God because, right, so that's, so if you, right, that can be a value statement, right, that God created us because he wants us to be separate, even against him, uh, over and against him, right, so that, right, that's a whole different, uh, so, was, so there's a value in preserving, right, personnel. How would we look at in an in halacha if you see a couple that make all their decisions together? Is that a great thing, a neutral thing? Because we think that marriage has many models, and there's no one, not, 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 no one of them is better than the other, uh, or a failure. And I think you can, fi- you can find um, literature about, you can find literature supporting all that in whatever, you know, if you go through the history of traditional marriage stuff. Okay, so I want just wanted to set that out because I think, um, yeah, I think the part of the challenge is. Um, I hope that this comes across. Is that it's very rare that post um, postgame are also philosophers. And even if postgame have some philosophic training, let's say even if you know it's on the level of mine, which is not so you know, not so profound. Um, so how many of them have the time to think philosophically about what they're right? They're most post-game are mostly being asked regulative, regulative questions, in which they sort of take a consensus as given. And maybe right in the system can function perfectly well that way most of the time, unless a massive disconnect over time develops. Um, but if you address a new issue, so then it might right and you have the opportunity, so then it's not a bad idea to take take some time. But again, we're just looking at, you know, within our within our restraints. So we don't have time in this right in the context of this program to spend three weeks doing nothing but debating, you know, but debating philosophy of intimacy just be aware right this is this is right that, that this is a useful background for um, right, for uh, for that and that 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 deciding halacha almost always takes place like every other like other decisions in life in the context of incomplete information and there are always things you can think about better and you right? you do the best you can um yeah i'm glad of the opportunity for me Things don't think I, I think much better with lots of people, and so it's better. Right? So I'm glad of the opportunity to give a share. Otherwise, I don't think I would do anything anywhere, anywhere here as well. Um, because I know when I send stuff out to friends that I care about, you know, it gets better. And when I explain, I have to explain it. It gets better. You know, it's part of the fun of the Tuesday night share watching it Hopefully, get better every week, <laughs> even though I'm giving the same share. <laughs> uh, the uh, okay. So with that, let's um, today well, what we want to do is we want to look at. Um, at Griswold, which is a remarkable philosophic document in a sense, in the context of a in the context of a, of a Supreme Court decision, whether it's a consciously philosophic document or not is is open to question. Um, and the Supreme Court does have the advantage that they have much more time to write than almost every other legal body um, or it does in terms of, right to think about it and in a in a context which is. Wide enough that you get, you know, that you can get opinions lots from of lots of smart people you care about, and narrow enough that you don't get bogged down in endless compromise in compromises with, you know, with outliers and things like that. So it's really Supreme Court is, is a really cool body that way. Um, whether it works or not is a different question. But it's a really cool body that way in theory. Um, you know, I think that if we ever set up a centenarian again, we'd have to figure out what what the equivalent would be of the Supreme Court's right not to take cases, even though they are open are legally open questions but it's just not the we're just not ready to take to take that decision on right? mm-hmm. what would that be equivalent be for a sanhedrin yeah. um it might be for example making sure that no members of the sanhedrin have cell phones mm-hmm. and that way nobody can call them and force them to make rapid decisions i think that's right there are all sorts of ways in which you could regulate that um okay so grizz right Griswold is, is of course, a really interesting philosophic document uh, and Rabbi Lamb's um, article, I, I reread it again and I was just sort of okay. uh, gasping as I read it again because, uh, it was so much fun and so many huge leaps,
4: yes.
1: uh, so many huge leaps. I always yeah. love quitting. Uh, I guess I will leave the person to be named. I mean, later who said that you know, after Rabbi Lamb gave a share, you, you couldn't evaluate it for at least two or three days afterwards. Because you just got caught up in the flow, yeah. and somebody, right, you know, he said, you can say to you know, you can say anything you want right you know, So because of this, therefore it's okay to do that. Like it was like therefore, where did the? But it takes you two weeks really that therefore, right? There's nothing behind the therefore. There's an search that mm. you like A, yeah, you like me. On the other hand, he was, uh, you know, he he was. Uh, they had a relationship. He was uh, a very very interesting, incredibly disciplined mm-hmm. uh, man. Uh, a very creative thinker about such things that he had strong positions, and you know. So we have to decide if we want to follow him. Uh, he, to, I, I can say that you know that he was very into privacy. Yeah, uh, he was very. <laughs> so I'm saying not just as an art of the season, I can tell you, tell you as a human being, as human mm-hmm. being was part of his discipline. And one yeah. of the things I remember was he was, he really loved to kashuk Dome because yeah. he thought like he thought that we should fundamentally be Rambam people, and therefore having bodies is embarrassing. And therefore there's no particular reason that eating should be less embarrassing in public than excreting. And yeah. right, and so, right so it was like, well, that, that was a laugh that he really liked. Right. He really liked the uh, shuknacella. Okay. Uh, that you know that, that and whether you agree with it or not, right, that tells you something about a person. Yeah. Uh, right. And it's not yeah. that he wasn't
0: he want to pay for
1: a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no, restaurants are inside. I mean, he didn't, like
5: cook food and like walk around. Said,
1: Shuk, right. He didn't he didn't like food courts, probably. Uh, but that you know, that was uh, I, th- I thought that was that was that was a that you know that he cared so much about it, it was a very interesting uh, it was a very interesting insight. Um, okay, so let's take a look at Griswold and then we'll move to' uh, through lab. Um, so uh, sorry I have to reopen all my all my uh, tabs. Um, okay uh, oh, a bunch of tabs I have to reopen. That's right from the tab which tells me which pages to go to on my tabs. <laughs> uh, layers upon layers. Um, okay, so let's. I guess let's start asking. What did? What did? What did you guys think when you read? Um, did you get to read crystals? No. Oh, people haven't read it all the way through, so I have to read it with you.
2: We weren't we weren't, we weren't sure what we you wanted us to be
4: doing, so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we looked at the sources you sent us. I see.
1: Okay, uh, I, and I, I said in a previous email that I wanted that I that I was um, that I wanted the Grizzle to be done before land but that was hopeless anyway. And then I should have gone back and clarified. Right. That is my uh, that is my fault. Okay, so let's take a, you. We all have the you all have the uh, have the files. So let's take a look at mm-hmm. key things at, together, and I'm just gonna. Try, I'm uh, oh
4: interesting. <laughs> We should have read this because I'm interested about
1: stuff with parenthood. And and it's a stuff, it's yeah. a really important case. It's a really yeah. important case. Okay, so let's take a look. Let's start on it says page 482 here. So let's take a look and see what I want on page 482. Um, there are number. I'm talking about the numbers on the very top of the page. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to leave out the question of what exactly. Right, it's a case about whether the gov- whether the uh, the government can criminalize um, giving um contra- giving giving contraception um to a, uh to to a, right, to a married couple uh it's, it's written by justice douglas um and you can read both the heroic and the very not heroic uh biographies of justice douglas and make up your own mind about whether he was a visionary liberal thinker or somebody who really couldn't be bothered to construct a truly rigorous argument uh right, so, yeah, it's pretty fascinating you read, you read biographies biography of, of supreme court justices is, right, totally different totally opposed uh perceptions going on with thurgood marshall now uh as well where stephen carter wrote a, a picture of thurgood marshall which is very different than the one that came out in the book a while back um okay so we've got if we look at page 42 so he writes, so the, the top of the page mentions, mentions lochner lochner is a uh, lochner is um is the famous case about substance uh, which eventually gets overruled in the New Deal, if I'm recalling correctly. Uh, right, the the New Deal eventually is initially seen as a as as infringing on freedom of contract, um, and then eventually, eventually in the what's called the switch in time that saved nine, when um, yeah. when several justices switch switch several justices switch their votes and approve the New Deal, and and that way prevented Roosevelt from court packing. Um, right, it's a whole, whole interesting, whole interesting thing about which you know, if like to point out, right? You know, as to whether that substance review <laughs> process at that point was seen as the bane of liberals. It was the way in which conservatives could prevent things from happening, and over time, it became the tool of liberals, um, to, right, um, to make things happen. Okay here's what matters right when the end of the first paragraph says this law however operates directly on an intimate relation of husband and wife and their physician's role in one aspect of that relation right so what we're trying to do here is wait, we're issuing a regulation that affects what doctors can tell husbands and wives mm-hmm. about their functioning together as husbands and wives Remember, are you with me or you're just scanning Not at all. i'm sorry i got sidetracked so tracked into
0: the 14th amendment.
1: ah yeah. okay <laughs> sorry i'm back uh okay so first paragraph uh, what email was this in the Griswold? Uh, did I just says it?
2: are says on it. there
1: There's a link. Uh, uh, July 19th. Two days ago. So says this the association of people is not mentioned in the Constitution or in the Bill of Rights. So there's right, a right of freedom of association, but that doesn't relate to um, people associated to intimate relationships. Um, right, that probably deals with political relationships, uh, although we might expand it to other kinds of relationships to athletic relationships, who knows. Um, okay, the right to educate a child in a school of the parent's choice, whether public or private or parochial, is also not mentioned, nor is the right to study any particular subject or any foreign language. Yet the first amendment has been construed to include certain of these rights. Okay, so this is a move that you know may say, you claim that this can't be, right? But then we ask, we say Peyhatan right we have other right you're going to claim that there can't be any rights that aren't in the that aren't explicitly mentioned in the constitution but right you have to agree with the following precedents okay which is why in a a legal system like this you have to right you have to fight even precedents you agree with if their if their rationale is wrong right and the gemara the way you do that is um often post facto because the gemara is the rationale often is not included in the statement so you do the equivalent of um Right, we call Okimtas are the equivalent, uh, perhaps of, of what the presidents now call signing statements. Which is an attempt to, uh and so there was, there was a, at some point in I think in the first Bush, I think it was the first one who, who pioneered this, but not sure correctly, when Congress passed a law that you thought would have salutary purposes, but you thought that it had that it was it was unconstitutional in the way it was based. So presidents would president would sign it with a statement saying that they, they're only signing it this way, not that way. Mm. So they wouldn't be setting a principle like uh, they wouldn't be setting a principle that the executive branch approves of Congress' right to make laws like that. So right so in a right you could have you, you often find big statements and then somebody says no that's only in that okimta. Mm-hmm. right it's only right and that's a way right but that's a, that's a way of, um, of of saying I think you made the right decision but I'm not sure right? might or sure, not sure that that's, that the rationale that was originally given is the right right is the rationale I can agree with. Okay.
0: Yes. Do you know? So did they? How did they get that
1: ability to do that? President, it's still controversial. Not clear it works. Not clear it works or not. Like most issues of the Constitution, right? So we have the Supreme Court has interpreted the Constitution to say that the Supreme Court gets to decide whether uh, people have that, and that's the same circle that exists in every legal system, Uh, right? Judicial judicial review, right? Right? Asserted the right decisions. Pardon? did it go through the Supreme Court? It has not yet gone to the Supreme Court. I don't believe. I think it's still one of those things that's open. Um, right, that's what, what I explained. In, you know, Tuesday night, right? It's like that the, the right of judicial review is the equivalent of Hazal saying this is under Lo right? Why is, why do I have to listen to Chazal's interpretation of Los Well, because they said it's Losser. right? So the Supreme Court said that right said that it had the right to determine constitutional issues that were issue, constitutional issues that were at issue between the other branches. The Constitution doesn't say so by itself, but they said the Constitution says so. So there we go. Uh, right, that's Marbury's uh, great chap. Um Okay. So now, right. So then, Brandes goes. Sorry, Lendless goes on to quote all sorts of cases in which uh, he asserts that there are that the entire court has recognized um, has recognized the um, has, re- has recognized the uh, the extension of. Of constitutional rights beyond those mentioned explicitly. Right again, right, right. So it's freedom of association, which is different than freedom to assemble, right, which is the right of the people to, right, to assemble peaceably. But assemble and associate are not the same thing. So, uh, right, so in, in uh, 479, in NAACPers, in Alabama, we protected the freedom to associate and privacy in one's associations, which is a question of whether you have to disclose your memberships publicly or whether, whether the government can force all associations to disclose their memberships publicly even though disclosing memberships publicly might lead to a significant drop in membership mm. and at that point that was seen as a pro uh, allow, really a pro allowing african amendments uh, african americans to associate with that fear of retaliation um now it runs into issues of it allows you to shield discrimin, discrimination mm. and so it's again the same tool yeah all right, plays different uh, plays different roles. Right, disclosure of memberships, list of a constitutionally valid associate uh, association, we said was invalid as entailing the likelihood of a substantial restraint upon the exercise by petitioners members of the right to freedom of association. Okay, and here's right his big line. In other words, the First Amendment has a penumbra
3: mm-hmm.
1: whose privacy is protected from governmental intrusion. and right, so the question is how do you, right? So there are things that. If right, the claim is there are things that if you didn't put them in, then the the law as is expressed in the Constitution would become practically constrained or meaningless, unless right. And and it's not, if, right. You can't say it's Congress's responsibility to make laws that way because then there's no restraint, there's no constraint on Congress. And if you conceive of the Constitution as intended as a constraint on the government, so saying that. The government has the responsibility to make laws that make constitutional rights meaningful. Meaning that means that those rights are not effective against the government. Okay, so therefore, right. So therefore, the courts have the right to declare congressional actions invalid, not only if they directly contradict the the rights set out in the Constitution, but if they turn, but if, if they turn the rights set out in the Constitution practically meaningless or, pra- or even impose a substantial ber- restraint upon them. Okay, that's a right, that's a, uh, a that's a big shift, right? And it had lots of issues in terms of whether you could, as he says, whether you could um, mm-hmm. you know ban people from the practice of law if they'd ever been a member of the Communist Party or if are right. Mm-hmm. All right, or is that right, does that in freedom right down there's no right to be a lawyer? But if you can bar people, right, you can say, even we're not saying you're not allowed to belong to the Communist Party. We're just saying you can't be a lawyer if you belong to the Communist Party. So you have no right to be a lawyer. So we're not infringing on your right, except in practice. Right? If we allow that, we could ban you from every profession except, you know, except right, woodchopper and water carrier, uh, right, and thereby, live, and thereby say anybody belongs to the Communist Party, belongs to the lowest, right, um, you know, biblically belongs to the lowest yes. class. Right, so therefore you can say if we, therefore any rule like that is as a substantial burden on freedom of association, even though it does not right a law saying right a law saying that uh, that members of the Communist Party can't be lawyers doesn't infringe on freedom of association directly anyway. Um, okay, right, so we move to page we move to page um, three eighty one. We say the foregoing cases suggest that specific guarantees in the Bill of Rights have have penumbras. Formed by emanations from those guarantees. Um emanations is like that gets really weird. Like, what are they? But you know, now we're we're dealing with the Neoplatonic um, yeah. Kabbalistic vision, right? Or you can think of the Bill of Rights, right? There are tens to wrote, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, yeah, I've been told, right? Told, yeah. yeah, right. If you right, um okay, All right, various guarantees. Create zones of privacy, right? So they have all sorts of, of, of metaphors. Penumbras, emanations, zones have the right of association contained in the penumbra of the First Amendment is one, as we have seen. The Third Amendment is prohibition against the quartering of soldiers in any house in time of peace without the consent of the owner is another facet of that privacy. Uh, Okay, the Fourth Amendment explicitly affirms the right of the people to be secure in their persons, in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. The Fifth Amendment, in its self-incrimination clause, enables the, the citizens to create a zone of privacy, which government may not force them to surrender to its detriment. And finally, the Ninth Amendment um, says that right. And that Ninth Amendment is an important thing, which you then have to decide whether anything like it exists in halacha. Uh, the Ninth Amendment is a matter of great controversy, whether it has any meaning, whatever. Um, but in this in this um, case, it's supposed to have meaning. And what it says is, right, the rights and privileges reserved in the, the enumeration of the constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Now, what are those others? By definition, they're not mentioned.
3: <laughs>
1: All right, so this is a reference by the constitution to something outside of itself, which is why many people think it's meaningless. Because uh, how, right, how would you how would you know what those um, how do you know what those others are retained by the people? And it's essentially you know a version of the is everything usher until it's Mutter? or is everything Mutter until it's usher. All uh, right, Douglas argues that this is a basis for claiming that there must be penumbras, because right it tells you there are rights that are not explicit, and that whatever the power is given here, um, right uh, um, right, uh, right can't right can't change those things. Okay. So we have, we have first, third, fourth, fifth amendments, and the ninth amendment is sort of a catch-all to get all these together. At some point, we have to get to the 14th amendment and its incorporation of the Bill of Rights of the states, but we're not gonna deal with the federal government and the, um, and the and the states right now. Okay, now there's a case. We're still going on. The fourth and fifth amendments were described in Boyd United States as protection against all government invasions of the sanctity of a man's home and the privacies of life. Hmm. All right, sanctity is always a very cool, uh, a very cool, a very cool term, but, and it's worth reading, right? This is a British, right, sorry. The British will lay down this opinion by Lord Camden, Entick versus Harrington, right? So he's quoting the US case, quoting a British case. I right? in the foot on the bottom of the page. And it says, it is not the breaking of his doors and the rummaging of his drawers that constitute the essence of the offense. It is the invasion of his indefeasible right of personal security, personal liberty, and private property where, where that right has never been convicted by his by his conviction of some public offense, it is the invasion of the sacred right. Okay, so we have rights to security, liberty, and property, and breaking into someone's house takes away all those. Now, maybe not. Maybe as long as it's done by the law, right? We say that you can't be deprived of right of life or liberty without due process of law. So get a search warrant, and we can try it. Right? We don't say this right is absolute, but it's framed as a sacred. As a sacred right, which he right, um, and in fact, it says in that versus Ohio, we already said that the first that the that there's a right to privacy, which is uh, no less sacred, no less sacred than no less important than any other right, carefully and particularly reserved to the people. Okay, now he so said we've had many, 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 many machlokot. Right, we're on page four of uh, forty-five now about these penumbral rights of privacy and, and repose, whatever that word means. Uh, so all this, is, right, he tells you in the middle of page 45, that was just the, uh, the, um, the introduction. You can't throw me out of court by saying there's no, right in pri- there's no right to privacy. You already agreed there is such a thing as a right to privacy. You can't tell me it's not in the constitution, that's not enough. We all agree that there are rights not in the constitution. Uh, and now the question is, what about this case? What about this case? Uh, but he makes, it, right, he makes a, um, a, I think a very cool rhetorical move in the, in the in this paragraph, it says the present zone then concerns a relationship lying within the zone of privacy created by several fundamental constitutional guarantees. So this is the thing, right? Because you might have thought, right? Metaphorically again, right? Each each <laughs> um, each uh, amendment has its own penumbra, mm-hmm. and that's right. And that's right. And there, there's no relationship among them, right? You're not, you're not trying to. We haven't tried to generalize and say that because four amendments each have a penumbra. So you can think of it as sort of like Tumen, right? <laughs> right? We get, we have four cities and each of these four cities have, you know, have umbras, which is what we call a Karpaf and then penumbras, pen which we call an ebur And now imagine that all rights that those the city that the penumbras of the the right, ebors the of these cities all meet. Does that make it now one city? So we can now draw it, right, right? Cause you you're a square, right? Do you have the metaphor in your head? right I you have God. four you have four circles okay four four circles and then you have to draw, you draw another circle around each of those four circles mm-hmm. and then you draw a square around that circle and the, right and the squares meet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right now do you get to draw a bigger square around all those, right around all, around around mm-hmm. all around all the circles Okay, so he says yes. I'm not sure that's the best metaphor because
0: I think that he's trying to actually create something that can stand on its own, separate from your cities or whatever it is you're going to call it. It might be more of a cooking metaphor where you have (laughs) four different ingredients which can stand independently and then when you mix them together you get something new that is also its own thing.
1: Uh, okay, if it works for you, I don't know. i I, I, I don't cook, so it's hard to. But my point is that I think that he's trying to create a right to
0: privacy.
1: Yeah, he's trying to be right to privacy, but yeah. he, what he's arguing is, I think, is that the right to privacy, um,
0: which, while sourced in mean, these amendments, is not well,
1: an uh, well it's that each of them has to exist for it to exist, and It's a combination of the four, uh. uh yeah so not again nine yeah, is it hold this right nine each is
0: that each of them is helpful in creating a, a definition but
4: uh aha
1: okay so you're taking nine seriously so that's always always the question is whether to take nine seriously in this argument or not that's a viable makhluk but i think there's yeah
4: also the aspect with these other cases brought there's level like establishing privacy exists it's just looking at where all these the precedent from these cases and the Bill of Rights where those come together and what that covers privacy exists it's what when you combine them they cover
1: and can you expand it based yes. on the floor right so th- sure. right. so what I originally thought of doing but I then decided it was it was inefficient use of original time was to assign you the um, opening of a comma mm-hmm. with the arba Avos, and Zikin. Hmm. Right, the so wow. you can each have their own. Yeah. Each have their own. Right. they four. They're the four different avos. They each have their own rules. They apply to Kalim. They don't apply to Kalim. You pay, oh, right? Okay. You pay double. You don't do that. And the Gemara says, "Lower Isaac, here Isaac." Each of them, right? What maatzar Hashava binein? So out of those four, mm-hmm. right? We right we build an overall rule of nizikin, wow, cool. which is mm-hmm. larger than any of them, even though it doesn't apply uniformly because some areas, right? So we'll, we'll take we'll write some areas which are closer to this. will have the rules of that um right so, right so that's that's a, that is a mechanism drash halakha that i think is roughly parallel to what douglas does mm-hmm. right you have four things that seem clearly to have a lot of common characteristics mm-hmm. and we're, get, right, we're get, and we're going to build that we're going to build them into a single thing which is larger than any of right, than any of the others um right so a was fond of the grizz who um said that there's a things he called it urmazik. Which um, right, based on this, you could construct the claim that really mm-hmm. there is a Torah prohibition against against damaging, mm-hmm. but the Torah chose to express it in these four specific ways. Okay. But it doesn't mean that they're really four independent ideas. They're really versus four ramifications okay. of a single idea. It's not just a legal construct mm-hmm. formally to get to what, what what is covered by each of these four. Right? Actually, they tell you that on the level of Torah, there is an idea. Behind them, not everybody agrees with that because mm-hmm. you say, "Look, what, you know, why did the Torah say, Loti zok? Yeah. Okay, so what Douglas is essentially taking what, what Religiosity presented as the Grizz position,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and now the problem, of course, with that is, you know, so how constrained can he be? Okay, just say is right, a right of privacy, you know. Then we say, "Okay, well, the right of privacy is constrained. We have precedents as to what the limits of the right of assembly are. We have precedents as to what the right against search and seizure are. They're not the same precedents." Right, so lower is that connected reason, right? Right, so right, how do we do that? So that's 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 essentially what Douglas says, and as with many of these things, you start off with uh, with cases that you think everyone will agree with, and the things that we know it can't be, and be, right. And so in Halakha, it might right, it might be that we you know we're hundred percent sure that you can't use electronic devices to destroy to. Um, to destroy somebody's property, you can't use lasers to destroy somebody's property, even though lasers are not any of the are not are not are not any of the four cases mentioned, in the, right? So it must be that somehow somehow it it comes to include lasers
3: mm-hmm.
1: or sonic dis- disintegrators, whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> or <laughs> screwdrivers, whatever, whatever, it is you want. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, you, whatever it is you want to use. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So on the bottom of uh, page four eighty five, Douglas says. Would we allow the police to search the sacred precincts of marital bedrooms for telltale signs of the use of contraceptives?
3: <laughs> what? Right.
1: Isn't it, yeah. sir? Yeah. You can totally right. get a warrant. You haven't had any
0: children for four years. There's no way that What's happens.
1: What's about You can search it for drugs. Why can't you search for contraceptives? Nobody says, I'm sorry, this is our marital bedroom. You can't come search it for drugs. We're still on property this is right, an amazing thing, but it's like thing it an absolute given. Nobody, right, And what makes it the given, right? Is is that it's sacred. All mm-hmm. uh, right,
0: is repulsive. Pardon? the very idea is repulsive. The very idea is
1: repulsive. Exactly right. The idea, is rel- yeah. the idea yeah, of allowing people yeah. to search a marital bedroom to determine exactly <laughs> what they're doing there. I
0: mean, the government does a lot of things that are repulsive, but it also, don't, frankly, doesn't care. I think it's the other thing. It cares about drugs. It doesn't
1: care if you. Now, but it did then. Yeah. Did it though? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, cases.
0: That's, like in China, they know oh, yeah. how many kids you're
1: supposed to have. Right. China, they we might want to make sure that you do have contraceptives. Right. In the US, yeah, <laughs> they make sure, you, make sure you don't. Do okay. That's right. That, that's true of drugs also. Oh,
0: yeah. and... But people care.
1: Okay. You think that now. But again, we're, you know, 50 years ago, people might have reasonably thought that you know, that allowing allowing contraception was the end of marriage. Which it was of that kind of marriage in many ways.
4: Or that it's, Wait, or it might not be it. about the end of marriage. Allowing it.
1: That's why they prohibited it, because they thought the marriage depended on it.
4: Well, that's not the only reason, because there are also worries about like, it's like murder in a certain sense. Of, yeah, like, no, the problem with contraception was your, the, the formulation that you made at the
0: beginning that um the the typical christian approach to marriage is that it's a you know you should be we should all be celibate we can't so we're going to do this but the only the reason that you would do marriage is that okay so
1: now we're in a sociological uh, claim i don't think that was the basis i don't i don't think that a particular form of catholic theology was the basis of these laws right i i I don't think that was i don't think that's what it was i think that it was a genuine and you know concerns we're still having now right about um you know that if you allow contraception, then you know that it has also implications for the role of women, um, and right. I mean, it's a
0: problem with you know gay marriage. That's that's I think. Yeah, a lot of, yeah.
1: okay. debate yeah. okay. it was a law, right? It, law, right? But it yeah. doesn't matter. It was a law, right? It was a law, and yet Douglas assumes that everybody will agree that even if this <laughs> is that even if this is the law, that the law yeah. cannot, right? The, we can't allow laws yeah. that let people search the sacred precincts of marital bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool idea. Um, cool idea. We move to page 487, um, so then I think that's where he, uh, where he says that, uh, right, 47 is, is where, um, right, for present purposes, we may do assume that, um, ah, sorry, this, oh, I the, middle of the court said many years ago that the due process clause protects those liberties that are so rooted in the tradition and conscience of our people as to be ranked as fundamental. Now, the due process clause should not protect any liberties at all, right? If you read it straight, due process clause just says whatever liberties there are can only be taken away if you follow the law. All right? that's all, right? You... Du- liber- du- you cannot be deprived of life or liberty, right, without due process of law, which means you can with due process of law, yeah. right? So this is where he brings in substantive due process, right? So you can all hear the snake kissing at you. <laughs> um... I
4: thought that was last night. Talk about original
1: sin, right? This is the original, right? This is the yeah. Uh, no, I was joking.
4: Like, yeah, I was last <laughs> always <God>, states,
1: <laughs> always states. Uh, okay, right. So that's a uh, right. So that's a um, right. Then he talks about how people were afraid when uh, when the Bill of Rights was passed that people would make exactly this argument that there are other rights, right? If you make these these rights explicit, then there are other rights, right? Mm-hmm. That you you get the kind of people who say. Well, there's no halacha against it, so it can't be usur, which right? So there's the responses is, to is say something like Asisa Yashra Batov. And then you say, but Asisa is so vague that what's the purpose of passing all the other laws? And the answer is well, you have to somehow navigate between the being specific laws and Vasida Yashir Batov. So Douglas says, I know there's some people, right? I can tell I can show you that back then there were some people who were afraid that putting the bill that's that's that uh, passing a bill of rights would mean that the government would feel free, right? And say if it's not usur, it's motor for us to do it. So that's why we put in the Ninth Amendment. Um, to say that and the due process clause, the way in which we do that by saying, right? By saying that there are certain things you can't take away, no right? Because nothing can be due process for it. Uh, okay. Uh, so we get to page 488. Um, 48 right. That's the argument 488. Yeah. Um, and then um, on 490, we get um Okay, right. That, that this argument is still being is, uh, is is all being made right that 490 is when he makes the ninth amendment version of it, right? That the reason the fourth amendment, the ninth amendment is not there to tell you, tell you, to, right, to tell you anything specific, it's just to prevent you from making the other, the reverse argument, right? And then he tells you at 491, right, that it gets different. We're in, we're in Arthur Goldberg's decision now saying that to not say that is to make the ninth amendment meaningless, right? So this is an ongoing argument whether the ninth amendment has to be meaningful, or doesn't have to be meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, on page 494, we're in Goldberg's opinion, again, we discovered that Justice Brandeis wrote his, uh, right, wrote his, the, art, the article we read at the beginning into constitutional law. Right? Right. So 494, he says, right, the makers of our constitution undertook to secure conditions favorable to the pursuit of happiness. They recognized the significance of man's spiritual nature of his feelings and of his intellect, unlike, of course, the old common law. They do that only part of the pain and pleasure and satisfaction of life are to be found in material things. They thought to protect America and their beliefs, their thoughts, their emotions, and, and then you can see the word over and their sensations, right? You will remember that word they conferred as against government, the right to be let alone the most comprehensive of rights and the right most valued by civilized men. Okay. So, right. So we have, so Brand. this is where Brandeis wins. Absolutely. All uh, right. We're now the most comprehensive of rights and the one most valued by civilized men, possibly women too.
3: Um,
1: okay. Uh, Okay. Right. So that, that gets us, right. That gets us where we are in the, uh, in the, um, right. So let's like 497 Goldberg, right. Goldberg says, um, no provision of the constitution specifically prevents the government from curtailing the marital right to bear children and raise a family. So we could be China. Right. Why, right. If you, if you, if you allow the government to ban contraception, why can't you allow the government to ban fertility? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Fertility is not a right mentioned specifically in the in the um, right in the constitution.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe the government can require all men to have vasectomies and all women to have hysterectomies. Or maybe, right? Now, you know, right maybe, or maybe at least all those who are um, right who are dumb, right? Which is what mm-hmm. uh, the are famous atheists? case
5: Because freedom
3: of religion. Um,
5: well, atheists
1: would be a problem because of freedom of religion. i, don't really, I, don't I right. but Although you could argue again that that's like the NAACP case, but there is a famous case in which Luffy Holmes Bell, allowed right? Holmes insisted on pardon?
6: Bell, right? Yeah.
1: In which, in which Justice Holmes allows the um, the sterilization yeah. of, uh, of of a woman on the grounds that three generations of idiots is enough. Oh God! Or is it morons? I forget which term he uses. All uh, uh, right, this is now a case used with opprobrium. But at the time,
4: we love to see you, together. When is that? Late nineteenth century.
6: Three generations of imbeciles. <laughs> imbeciles.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's, Great. Holmes could write. It was very horrifying. Pardon? It was
0: a white one? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Holmes could write. No, 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 Oregon could write. That's a memorable line. Uh, and at the time, it wasn't purely, you know, Holmes was eugenicist. Yeah, but there's no right? But you can look at it and say there's nothing in the Constitution that prevents eugenics.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So we don't have control of our
1: bodies. Why should we? Where does it say that in the Constitution? That's what. That's exactly what. that's what Douglas is saying, right? The Constitution.
0: Absolutely, most basic personal liberty is the liberty to, the freedom to decide what
1: happens to your body. Yeah. Sure. Well, you're we we can't we probably can't search your body without a warrant, for right for signs of a fetus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you can't sterilize my body. With a warrant. Ah, with a warrant.
1: Yeah, which is what we do against other incursions on liberty. We require warrants. Because without a warrant, it would be done, we would be taking away liberty without due process of law.
0: Yes, but you can only get a warrant if you're
1: if you over on some kind of liberty. No, Right, so we pass a law banning childbirth. Banning and now you're in violation of that law. So and that
0: initial law doesn't.
1: What does it contradict the Constitution? Only a right to privacy, which doesn't exist. They made it up. Mm-hmm. it's a penumbra of the you know the right to search yeah. to re, the right against search and seizure and the right to peaceably yeah. assemble and the right, right that's all it is i, I actually
0: don't understand i'm not trying to argue with you so how do i not have um how do i not have the right to choose what
1: happens to my body? why would you <laughs> because of the liberty thing
0: what liberty thing that that is the source of law in source
1: no. of law That is a really big thing right so now we're going to claim the declaration of independence is binding on is binding on the constitution Oh
2: yeah. But we're trying to argue here that I mean Douglas and whatever are disagreeing with is that if it's not in the constitution, you can't prove it exists.
1: And you can't give it legal effect. It's wrong. We shouldn't yeah. ban pregnancy. And we hope that as long as we are a good society, we will not ban pregnancy. Um, right? Because probably it would be suicidal. Uh, but not necessarily. It could even think that, you know, that. That uh, having natural children either continues the you know a long a long history of racial discrimination and should only be remedied by immigration uh, or eventually right you know right all, all sorts of ways in which we could make. It's back not like line. having
6: the government from requiring like all foster youth to like have IUDs and like because you know you could argue that it improves outcomes right. There's nothing in the
1: constitution that grants the government from requiring all your children to be raised in group homes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the So all of that I'm understanding. But the one
3: about your body, I am not. Um, what? Oh. Because I thought that
0: to provide safety to your body is safety. I, I clearly don't know the Constitution. Okay. Yeah. But, um, there's nothing There's nothing in there that says that I have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Or is nope. That
3: That's, the That's the Declaration of Independence. That's the Declaration. Yeah. Um. Uh,
0: and there's nothing in the Constitution that provides for my own personal safety. Well, you can Against blood. death?
1: Sure. No, but, right? Unless the government chooses to, exe- to execute you for violating a crime, for example, if the government makes pregnancy, a, you know, a capital crime, so then we yeah. could execute you for pregnancy, but not without due process of law. Right. Yeah, like,
3: how
0: could they even like take me and do something? Why not? <laughs>
1: the way they for any other crime. We, we can.
0: No, we have no laws that say <laughs> I think, I, we can managed to get ourselves vaccinated as a country. right? I don't understand,
7: like there but,
1: must be a law. But we could make a law, right? We the, government are, could require, the government could require know. vaccination, probably, <laughs> unless you accept this, right? We could what have.
7: Capable of doing and like what the law allows us to do. Like the law would allow us to do these things. It's just that we as a you know, country well, are not succeeding. Certain
1: understandings of constitutional law would allow us to do things mm-hmm. like say, every single person must take a needle Fill it with a potential with, with a potential infective agent and stab it into and stab it into their arms. Now you might argue, what? The very least right at the very the very least of privacy is, I, is the government should not be allowed to force me to take sharp objects containing potentially infectious the, infectious things and stab them into my bloodstream. That's horrible. But we could require you to do potentially infectious things also. We could require the polio the live polio vaccine also. And there were vaccines that were potentially infectious. Let's I mean, leave aside the question of whether this one is or isn't. I believe it to be, right? I believe it to be. It's a pretty wild thing the government can enforce vaccination. We decide, yeah, well, there's a greater good. So mm-hmm. the greater good could be to prevent at least certain people from becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. Liberals, for example, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or we could have, you know, there's a column I love quoting from Russell Baker years ago where he was, uh, he, he, he thought that liberals were going extinct. And therefore, he proposed a government a government program to breed liberals, uh, particularly. Uh, he described the place where they were breaking the last bleeding heart liberal to every. Uh, uh, proposal be...
4: thing, or was
1: this- No, it was a joke. Obviously, Russell Baker was a satirist. Oh, <laughs> no,
3: we that's
4: talking. why said, um, I think said a modest proposal, which is also satire. Yeah,
1: that was also a satire. Yeah. So it, yeah. yeah, but that was it. Was it was the last bleeding heart liberal with the last um... <laughs> I... with the last? Uh, what was the other? What was the other term?
2: Sounds
1: like an excellent shtick. It was a great shtick. Yeah. It was a great. You know, uh, so I were hoping, right? You know, unfortunately, like the experience with giant pandas had not led them to have much. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were hoping that they, 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 they could, um, right, So, right, so we, why can't that be a government interest? There are insufficient liberals. Conservative um, like you know, conservative University professors plainly need <laughs> endangered species, endangered species protection. <laughs> We should find out what their habitat is. <laughs> um, and right, so let's. Right. So that the point of Douglas's opinion is that many of the things that we think are essential to the Constitution are not actually there. What they are is some kind of prior assumption. The usual case we give to us is we give to in Halakha is whether there's an issue on cannibalism. Human beings aren't. Don't fall into any of the categories of unkosher animals. You have
0: hooves and multiple You have hooves and multiple stomachs. You and
1: multiple stomachs. Dome- you know, domesticated animals have to have hooves and multiple stomachs, but wild, wild wild people? animals don't. I don't know. <laughs> kind of human beings, right? You know, everyone here is, you know, at least all the men here are probably called a vilna at some point by somebody. Like
7: the classic, I know, at least like, you know. Whatever myth, I don't know that this actually occurred, but isn't it like Rev Lichtenstein and somebody else? Yeah. yeah, addressing the question of like if you're stranded on a Desert Island, like your options are to eat like chazir or like a human corpse. Yeah. Like what do you should do. And like they end up having different things, but if I recall correctly, both of them end up concluding that like Lamaisa, you should eat the chazir. Like even, and I think they're like, like okay, even though like the Iker Hadin, you like if in the most like what we actually have in front of us, you should technically eat the human corpse. They're like, but you should obviously not eat the human corpse. Like there's certain things. Well,
1: there are different versions of it. Like I think the most popular version of the is that they both agree that they would eat the, that they would, that they would eat the cow.
7: But, but one of them uh, says it would be us sir.
1: Well, or let's say he would feel guilty. Rami Tal said he wouldn't. I think that, I think, that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, the, that's the usual way of, uh, of framing it. Uh, Friend? Yeah, I think, I think that's the usual, <laughs> the usual way of framing it, but um, there's not, yeah, other ways. There's a, a book called the Dor Revi uh, on Khulan, which is the most famous source of the position that there are things that are so obviously also the Torah doesn't have mm-hmm. to write them. And this right, this is one of his examples. Um, Dr. Soloveitch uh, endorsed that in sheer, right? Like, you just, obviously the Torah bans cannibalism, we don't have to, right? We don't, if we had anyone, there anyone we have to tell cannibalism is us or to. there's no point telling them anything else, because they just don't get it. Uh, right? I argue, right, as you, you know. That's the right? uh,
2: argument from all the uh, Tziona, but yeah. uh, you should
1: very Well, So that is it, right? So that's, uh, <laughs> that's that about why the Rahm leaves, leaves settlement of Israel out as, out as a mitzvah. Because it's so obviously formed by the penumbra of the emanations of all the mitzvahs at the baritz, right? What w- what would be the point of having agricultural mitzvahs if you didn't have to actually have to go to Israel and do them, right? That, that right that is uh, a you know Every system has its own um, has its own versions of that. Um, so yeah, so you have to figure out what are the what are the things that the Torah presumes. I argue, you know, in a version of Dr. Shlavitri's argument that um, this is one of my big shurims that the how do we know that you're not allowed to kill, you're not allowed to murder somebody to save your own life? Right? the Gemara is the whole thing. How do I know you, you can't commit that but to save your life? There's a Pasek. How do I know that you can't commit Gilearayos to, sa- to save your life? There's a Pasek. We learn it from murder. How we, I don't know that you can't murder someone to save your life. There's no Pasek that tells you that. And we learn out, right? Not only, not only is there no Pasek that tells you that, but the Gemara says that there's something written in the Torah, which right, which only makes sense if you assume that you can't murder somebody, because we derive by, by this complicated by this complicated literary device that you can't commit giluiaraius to save your life from murder, but murder itself, right? It's, so it's it's a
2: when you can murder to save your life it's the person you're murdering the person who's trying to kill you.
1: Then not murder, <laughs> right? But you can't kill right. You can't right. kill an innocent third party to save your life, right? And that's just a svara. That's just asvara, right? Which contradicts the pasuk actually, because we have a pasuk which uh, right which we understand to mean um, right. Um, that your life comes before someone else's right you can drink the water in the desert so you can drink the water in the desert why can't you right why can't you cut the other guy's throat but even though there's a puzzle that says you can drink the water we still say that you if you don't know that you can't cut the other person's throat then you're not allowed to interpret Torah.
3: Hmm.
1: i think that's why that's I, that's i teach that so is like the the central suya of of shas and it tells you at the end of the day that if you don't have the right moral positions, then you'll just distort Torah. Wait, what, what's the
5: case that we're supposed
4: to know about?
1: That so you're not allowed to kill somebody to save your own life. You're not
5: allowed to.
4: You're
1: that? not allowed to kill somebody to save your own life. Really not? No. It's important it's not, we tell you this.
4: Not a third party. that's right. Self defense. Oh, 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 yeah. right. You can't yeah. kill. Yeah.
1: Can't kill innocent third party. Right. Somebody right. says, "Kill him, or I'll kill you." Let yeah, that I know. Him. Right. Yeah. Good. And
2: it's not even like the most obvious, intuitive thing.
1: No, so- all sorts of cases about it. What happens if there's two of them and one of you, or two of you and one of them? Uh, right? What happens if they're dying anyway? Uh, right? What happens if they're a really bad person? They just don't so have to try to kill you now. Uh, right? uh, what happens if they make an utterly execrable flavor of ice cream, whatever it may be? <laughs> uh, right? All sorts of things, or, or worse, Right. that they sell the ice cream in the wrong parts of the world, right?
4: <laughs> all,
1: right. All, right. All, all, all sorts of things like that. Okay, okay, that's, that, that's so much for Douglas. You, right, I think, makes the argument well. You have the analogy to nizikin if you like it. You have the analogy to cannibalism in if you like it. You have try you know, try and think of what are the things that are as central to you. Um, if there are things like it's obvious that Torah has to be against this, and yet you look in the Torah you don't find it. And are there things that are equivalent, right? So you have that about certain kinds of bodily integrity. Um, I mean, not from the right, right. So yes. you have to think about three and what are the same? I, also, I, I i do. I totally understand.
0: I, I, it's so interesting. I'm, you keep like running me into walls, but I have no idea where they're. It's very frustrating because I really thought that I knew like my
3: own thinking and assumptions. All right. <laughs> better than
0: that. But like cannibalism, I don't see as being this such a thing, uh, you know, in terms of values, but um, not killing the the innocent party or at least the party seems
3: absolutely foundational.
1: Good, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because there's a Hill Street Blues episode about cannibalism that one can't quite, one can't quite get out of one's head. But I'll ruin the episode for you if I tell you it's about cannibalism, you don't find that out until
4: the <laughs> Street Blues. I hadn't heard of You're good. never
1: going to watch it. There's an episode where somebody is being honored for his amazing survival underground in a building collapse. There's a lunatic police oh, for several years. And when he comes out, he keeps thanking Frank and thanking Frank for keeping him alive. And everyone assumes it's his imaginary friend. But of course, it turns out to be the person who was him. Yes. <laughs> <he> wow. <laughs> um, I only saw the end of the episode, but it was. It's was <laughs> 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 it <is> great. <laughs> Any case, um, also you can read Dune, but um,
0: is it
1: Dune, Dune. If you read Dune, right? Dune. Everyone has to return their water to the tribe. Ah. Um. Okay. Any case. Ah, liquids. Cannibals only a place to solids, it. It's new doesn't apply to liquids sure <laughs> works for me <laughs> um, any case right the whole question whether you know the dumb dhamma, dama it's not dhamma is not the same issue as basara damma, right like... yeah. if you're going to be accountable do you have to salt the meat no
0: but I
1: remember the woman took the water it was only water yeah okay right yeah, all right so maybe pure right okay different shyless right doing, there's more hilka star trek than doing, but we could try and you know <laughs> try and talk about it at some point uh, okay, so now we're gonna to go to, Bla- to Black, right? So take a look at Black on the, um, on the bottom of page uh, 508, right? It says that one of the most effective ways of diluting or expanding a constitutional guarantee, right, is to substitute for the crucial words of a, constitution- a word of words, a constitutional guarantee and other word of words more or less flexible and more or less restricted in meaning. This is in fact is well illustrated by the use of the term right of privacy as a comprehensive substitute for the fourth amendment's guarantee against unreasonable searches and seizures so you right you put in the value you want to, in terms of the I'm legal summary t- on page. Ah, sorry, I was I skipped to five hundred nine. Let's say five. Let's start with five hundred eight in the bottom. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The court talks about a constitutional right of privacy, as if there were there is some constitutional pro- provision or, or pro- provisions forbidding any law ever to be passed which might abridge the privacy of individuals. But there is not. There are of course guarantees. In certain specific constitutional provisions, which are designed in part to protect privacy at certain times and places with respect to certain activities. But it's not absolute. You can't claim that there's an absolute ister in the constitution against the government intruding on privacy, because the government has all sorts of powers that do intrude on privacy. Mm-hmm. It can search a marital bedroom for guns, maybe, or it can search a marital bedroom for sushi. Probably almost everyone agrees. So you can search that if sushi is somebody is selling illegal sushi, you can search the marital bedroom for sushi. Um, I'm trying to think. Guns are controversial. Drugs are controversial. Yeah. Um, but if, I, if <laughs> we want to,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: N I G G A. You know, what it huh? you know that that word stingy. means stingy, with an A
4: Yeah, it's a different word.
1: It's not related to the word for African American or are black. N I G G A R D L Y. Yeah,
0: stingy.
4: Stingy. I means stingy, but it means stingy because. No,
1: no, that. no. Totally different shortish. I believe. <laughs>
4: I think it. I don't
1: know. I think it's a totally different charge. Apologies. Okay. Uh, I think. Yeah, it's wrong. you know this? I think it's so. different charge I think, it's different, I in think it. it's
2: different too.
1: Um. Okay. Oh, late
2: Middle English alteration of earlier nighon probably. Long predates, maybe an
6: Irish. long predates. Yeah. Apparently, it's 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 it's, it's, it's uh, probably. It's derived from the Middle English word niggard, which probably derived from Old Norse niggle, meaning to be poor, which itself is most likely it, derived from Noger. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that stingy. Yeah. It's apparently probably, probably uh, is related to niggle. There's niggler-
2: a whole Wikipedia page on it. called controversies about the word nigger. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well no, well no, but let's not get into them now, okay? Because yeah, we're on the record. That's <laughs> <Let's> not, <laughs> not you can read you can read the uh, you know, the usual the usual candidates on both sides of. Uh, with uh, John C, whatever his name is, always on the pro. McWhorter, right, is always the one who argues. Who, argue, who Argues that you really have to keep these things in mind. And then there's, and then I don't know the best McWhorter and Randall Kennedy usually are the best people arguing. Arguing you know, for using all these words, and then there are always counter arguments. Okay. So yes, I actually, yeah.
0: did, I just got sidetracked by that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> my point was, um, is the marital, the sacred marital bedroom. I mean, presumably we don't have like. The husband and wife actually using the bedroom for personal purposes at that that's moment. true presumably you know so other than that well, it, it's just a
3: room in the house um yeah what is it that's specific to that room is it just what other
6: activities might go on at other times in it mm-hmm. and like dumb
1: question what if you enjoy things outside of your bedroom <laughs> well okay right but that wouldn't have the same sacred precincts mm-hmm. if the law said if the law had said that you know, that uh, in some way, they thought this is an unreasonable intrusion, but the government had, choos- had chosen to make a law that was plainly not enforceable by searching the marital bedroom. Like, for example, if the government had made a law that simply, that, well, but they say if the, government, if the government banned the law uh, banning providers from providing information about contraception, that might have been a free speech issue, but it wouldn't have been a privacy issue. Because right, that, but the issue is they're used to
0: it, no?
1: And the reason that was an issue was because of the marital bedroom. If the government had made a rule, for example, banning the use of contraception in motels, that might have been perfect, right. They might not have had the same issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what.
0: That's yeah, might so so very well, a space might, issue and not a relationship. it's so a space,
1: space, and relationship issue. Might very well have been that the government made a rule saying uh, saying that we're government you know, right saying that you know that banning the licensing of motels. Um right, if the if the motels permit contraception. Right. So what? Why not? Why well, should it be different than banning a rule, banning banning, banning the licensing of motels if they serve sushi? We don't like sushi. So we're gonna ban it. We're not intruding on anyone's privacy. Don't, right? If you don't want to eat sushi, don't go to motels. Stay in your marital, sacred marital dining room. <laughs>
4: I would probably bet hotel from selling sushi because I would not trust sushi from a motel. Okay. <laughs> Clearly to be in order for don't trust the You have to be
3: eating the
0: sushi in the privacy of your motel room, which means that the motel has to do random searches, randomly on random searches in order to
5: well, make yeah, searches. on product, other like you drugs just have and
4: trust their Is like right? so the
5: motel? No, I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, they probably people do drugs in motels and stuff. Yeah, like they do. It's illegal. I mean, it's technically. Illegal. Yeah, but people do all sorts of illegal things I'm in sure motels. They
3: try. They, try. Ah.
1: they bring all sorts of people, you know, with Not whom with, with whom ban. we do we, yeah, with whom we do we we do ban sex for money, in many in many jurisdictions. This so question stands. So,
0: what? Why? Why do they <laughs> specify the space rather
1: than the relationship? So it, sometimes you just have to tell people that. There are things that are utterly intelligible in some cultures and utterly intelligible in other cultures. And it's just not possible to explain them across cultures. If you don't understand that, I can't explain it to you. I don't know that I understand it, but it, it, the thing to, to get is that this was so obvious to them that if you don't get it, you're totally not in communication with it. It
2: could also just be the rhetoric.
1: Yeah, but, the rhetoric, but they think the rhetoric will work. Right. Which yeah. means they assume everybody will resonate with that. And it'll resonate with that and you can figure out whether it's just a rhetorical trick. you want I did write about this more broadly in, um, in my in an article on, on, on reclaiming, reclaiming holiness, which talks about how much of our holiness much of the holiness language of you know, prior to 1960 1960s utterly unintelligible to us. So I can show you that article and you can you know, it, it tries to explain it more and might make sense uh, or might not. Um, okay, all right, so if you read Black's whole thing, which I think I guess we can't really do now, um, but you, should, you know, Black says over and over again, what you're telling me is that judges can make the Constitution mean whatever they want. Uh, right, if you allow it, if you allow them to go outside, to go outside the Constitution, um, then, right, then there's nothing whatsoever that judges can't do. They can ban any law they want, they can, right, they can, they can allow any law they want. I would rather, he says, not, be, not, be, uh, not, not turn the government over to a band of platonic guardians that can do it right, that, have, that gets to determine that my standards are right and wrong for me. And it doesn't matter even if I agree with you entirely that this is a, right, uh, that this is a bad law and a stupid law or silly, right? When St- Potter Stewart says it's a silly law, but the fact that it's a silly law should have no impact whatsoever on its constitutionality. Right, and that's and that is a fundamental right where, you know, and when you claim there's something right, but so I think at 526 there's a quote from uh, learned hand who is the judge with the best name of all time. Alexander. Yes, <laughs> also a great judge, uh, also a great judge. Uh, so he says, right, for myself, it would be most irksome to be got ruled by a bevy of platonic guardians, even if I knew how to choose them, which I assuredly do not.
3: <laughs> All right. So to, to which
1: Black says, so far as I am concerned, Connecticut's law is applied here is not forbidden by any provi- provision of the federal constitution as that constitution was written. And that's it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, okay. And then Stewart writes, right. Write Since 1879, Connecticut has had on its books a law which forbids the use of contraceptives by anyone. I think this is an uncommonly silly law. (laughs) As a practical matter, the law is absolutely unenforceable except in the oblique context of the present case. As a philosophic matter, I believe, as a philosophic matter, I believe the use of contraceptives as a relationship of marriage, not only in the relationship of marriage, should be left to, to, to personal and private choice based upon each individual's moral, ethical, and religious things. As a matter of social policy, I think professional counsel should be made available to all. But we are not asked in this case to say whether we think this law is unwise or even asinine. We were asked to hold <laughs> we we're asked to hold it and violates the United States Constitution, and that I cannot do. That's a great paragraph. And it is a great line. Yeah. Next slide he says in the courts of its amend- of its opinion, the court refers to no less than six amendments to the constitution: the first, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the ninth, and the fourteenth. But the court does not say which of these amendments if any. <laughs> it infringed by the Canadian law, right? Because it does it's not infringed by any of that. It's only, yeah. it, right, only infringes the number yeah. of those laws, right? It's a violation of Nezik. It's not short. It's not bore, right? Not, right? Um, right? So that's that is the uh, um, uh, right that right that he that he that he says you know that there no one thinks there wasn't due process here, right? Because everyone followed the forms of the law exactly. So right. So in what sense can you say that there was no due process? Um, um, okay. Right. So that that is the uh, right. He said right. The He says there's unless. Constitutional adjudication is to descend to the level of play on words. We haven't infringed freedom of speech. We haven't infringed freedom of the press. We haven't infringed the right to peaceably assemble. All right? So what are we doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Okay. Yes. Right. All right. The court says it is the right of privacy created by several fundamental constitutional guarantees. I cannot find any such general right of privacy in the constitution. <laughs> Okay. Right. So the the M- is really right. Is, is is really I think very basic and very um, very easily understandable. Uh, and now mm-hmm. the question you have to ask is: so <clears throat> along comes everybody. I'm really right after this I think, you know when it was originally originally written, probably or maybe or maybe just before, and says, "Look, they're Johnny Come Lately because we had the right to privacy well before they did." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, well, I can't find any place in the Torah which says that there's a right to privacy, but I can show you the whole list of things where the Torah says something that's like a, pri- like a right to privacy, or that it protects certain kinds of privacy. And so what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna say that each of these have penumbras,
3: okay.
1: right? And that's what every lamb does. So now the question is, how do you engage the conversation? You engage the conversation by saying, no, we read the Torah the way, the way that Justice Black reads the constitution. And so it doesn't matter how many things Rabbi Lamb finds that look like privacy. He hasn't found privacy, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me that he, right, that he has statements that are the equivalent of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? He has, like, he can re, he can read for bridges. Oh look, it was wrong for Ham to, right, to expose his right, to expose his father's nakedness. Does that mean that it's usher? to right to uncover somebody uh, some some somebody who's naked and or can we expect Is it
4: is is it because it's violating privacy right well that's no the second thing
1: right? but even yeah. if it's the does, does something that the Torah says is wrong in a narrative necessarily mean it's us? Yeah. no it just means that we value that we value not doing it
3: mm-hmm. right
1: the, right we don't do we don't derive law from narrative usually right it's pre math and torah right okay mm-hmm. a b right so now we have interesting interesting claims we have Bob machteret. Uh, mm-hmm. We have right with his great discovery, which is the um, which is the uh, the requirement that the that the, the at least the creditor uh, of a right of a, of a has to stay outside. All right, we have Hezekiah, right? We have Terri Gershom. So, do we say that the intersection of them? Great. So, what do you think?
2: I'm not convinced. We were going through sources and none of them we were convinced actually were about privacy Uh as opposed to either embarrassing someone or a person with their own personal commute.
6: He doesn't even really show that like the penumbra exists, let alone that it's privacy.
1: What would it take to show the penumbra exists?
6: To show some case that we applied it that wasn't obvious, right? There's a bazillion cleanups that you could find on many other mitzvahs that create penumbras, right? I don't think it exists for this one. Um, but like, for instance, like, like, you know, like you could, you could create like this value of like, you know, um, creating like a peaceful community because the, um, like, um, the enough gets from like the from like the prohibition on uh, like harnessing an ox and a donkey together that you can't make people who are like, you know, too different from each other work together, right? Like there are there are lots of laws that like you could create these numbers for that would, that would create like, you know, these other like value based yeah. things but I don't think you prove that the number exists.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. So you like the methodology? Do you think it was? It was I don't you. know
6: if I like the methodology, but it seemed like that was like a basic thing that was missing.
4: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and yeah.
4: I. We also wanted to add, like, for the stuff of the creditor, uh, for a guarantor, you can go in and. Yes, yeah, so he brings up like if, if your object is stolen and or if you or if wages have been withheld, you can go in and get that. But that's because you own that probably
1: the problem is yeah. that nobody can really explain the of well right everybody everybody's bothered by that their answer only and their answer essentially amounts to but no you really never have to do it because the area is rich
2: yeah
1: right so now we can really explain but
2: the it well.
1: Well, how do you think you have explained it
2: and You said that not only quarter, pretty, <laughs> um, you quoted um essentially said that the reason you can't do it is because it will cause embarrass it will cause embarrassment to the borrower uh-huh
1: and the Arab won't be embarrassed because he's rich yeah <laughs> he won't be embarrassed because he's rich okay yeah so Spramachla said that it wasn't really about privacy because it was about shame or something and, yeah. and you're also saying that it's not right. about privacy because but it's about embarrassment
3: I think that's Which is I a... potentially
1: how yeah. yeah how
5: well like like you're not supposed to embarrass somebody in public like what does that mean so like that could be different. Like, I'm just trying to think of case. I mean, I'll, I'll have to think about it, but I think in my intuitive- Okay, way, so you have a truly thing. There is a
1: thing about privacy, about privacy as such?
5: Privacy and shame. I think they're connected.
1: Okay, so oh, I think sorry. that's right. I think that's right. Because what, what embarrasses you is that somebody knows something that they wouldn't if they didn't come into your house.
2: But there's concepts of, concepts of embarrassment but. I mean,
6: why why do you assume that they actually get any new knowledge from it?
2: I mean, there, there there's cases of busha, like you slap someone in the face and you pay them busha. Right. right. Yeah. Busha. Not all like, shame not
5: is connected to privacy, privacy, but some of it. Like, right. Like, so not all privacy. You know something about something, like somebody didn't want to know, like their biggest yeah. secret about something, and now like the whole world knows. So the that's, question: Are you, are you paying money from this guy? You he
2: knows paying you paying money, of that's how, that's how loans work.
5: So are you yeah. paying because
2: of the emotional? Well, uh, what if, if you borrow one uh, of money
1: from somebody
7: and you don't pay it back? The chances that uh, he doesn't know that you're poor are extremely low.
1: This is true, right? So it's a really yeah. interesting thing.
7: People finding out you're poor. I think it's about like the invading of your personal space, right, and about the general dignity. That's not which, like, you can argue those are different but, of privacy. There's like privacy of like knowledge about you. There's uh, privacy of your personal spaces. Like those aren't synonymous.
4: But the but the reason we're saying it's about shame about being poor is because we've made this distinction with these other cases, like that of when you're trying to get collateral from a guarantor and when you're trying to get your like withheld wages or stolen objects that you can go in and get that. I
7: just feel like it's about like dignity, you know, in a sense of like, of, of not like, they they know that you're poor. Again, like you're saying, like, it's not, it's not really about knowledge. I feel like it's again, the, this, like, leaving some measure of like power and like inviolate Mm -hmm. space to somebody who has very little power
6: there could also just be like an
7: issue That's of fair. like
6: consent right like the the the, the lova didn't borrow because he really wanted to the ra signed up right the ra signed yeah. up a that That's basically what says, right so yeah. the ra signed up for this so the RC so you have more ability to take the ra like the ra stuff
1: okay so let's let yeah. it I space I went,
6: is, uh, right.
1: all right right so i want to i want to sum up and then we'll pick that up first thing hmm. first thing tomorrow okay. i think i want tomorrow is for sure i want to go through i want to I guess I would want to assign everyone as an exercise to yourself. Make Ruby Lamb's argument as best you can.
6: With his sources, or...
1: and quote other sources if you want. Right, right. Make it right because right? I want to. I want to separate right. two questions. Right, is the argument made well enough, and is this the right argument to make? So the only way to know whether it's whether, whether right. So the thing to do is to make the argument as best you can, and then think to yourself. Okay, even now I've made the best argument I can. Is it enough? Well, that's great. Then we know that you think the methodology is okay. If it's not, then let's ask myself, right? Because it's easy to cover for yourself and claim the reason I'm not, the reason my objection to it is really because I don't think he reads this McCorm properly when really the point is I don't like the argument. So make the argument well if it can be made. Yeah. Um and right, and then right, you'll also have hopefully read um um Rabbi Dr. Worshowski. I don't know which which title really he prefers. Um, explanation of how this is. Right, how he is doing exactly the same thing as Douglas, but we cheer because we're progressives, right? Then you can decide, well, we're not progressives. So we don't want to do that. Or no, he has right? This is really fine article. You Bike's right red You by now, if you've looked at red bike, you'll see it just basically says black, um, right? And, it's, and, they, right they line, and they line themselves up in those positions and that's fine, you know, probably, but you know, I think red bike would probably not mind terribly much if, you know, and I, and I love red bike, so I would be very great. But if you were to say that red bike functions in many ways as our scolia Mm. right that would not be a right that would that would not be so off right as somebody who takes opinions okay. that are enormously influential even if people often think that this that the conclusions reached by applying the methodology rigorously are not right or not where you want to end up um but there's a right but as a basic premise this is how you should do it, luckily, it has enormous influence and also generates enormous backlash um because of that okay but what i um what what you're saying he, what all of you are saying here, right, Norma has some of these distinctions and we could do a rigorous uh, analysis of what, you know, exactly what the different kinds of privacy are. And that to some extent will be done um, by Solovey, um, whether there really, really is, right? That's the, the ultimate thing, whether there really is a unified concept. And and well, the last things we'll read, which I should send out, but I'm not, I doubt very much you'll have time to read for tomorrow, um, but you'll read them yourselves uh, Friday, perhaps, or, or Solovey and um Ariel Mays and Kenneth Bamberger have an attempt, right, have an argument, which is an explicit attempt to build a concept where they argue that halacha has a great deal to contribute to the construction of an American ethic of privacy, mm-hmm. um, re- reusing many of these sources. But what I want to say is so, when we say that, right, so the, the argument that Spermachla and I think Tani wanted to make to some extent um, is. So not all violations of privacy lead to shame. We know the Torah has payments for shame. Therefore, we know the Torah values not shaming. Therefore, when the Torah bans uh, the, the creditor entering your house, it could just be that this is part of the Torah's value against shame, and shame has a penumbra as opposed to right, as, opposed, mm. right, as opposed to embarrassment, right? That's the way of framing the argument. We could think about it differently. We could say that, um, first of all, we could say that, interesting, the Torah bans shame, so why don't we ban the creditor entering the house? Why don't we, instead of banning the creditor entering the house, why don't we make the creditor pay if there's shame? Right? Why do we need a law against? The, why do we need a law against the creditor entering the house? Right? We have a, We have a. We have a. We have a system generally, right, which says you're not allowed to embarrass people, and right, and right, and you have to pay when you do. So, why is there a specific law here? And uh, we ask the question that way. We could say that the purpose of the specific law is to say that there is inherent shame here and it tells you right and it tells you that there's certain kinds of violations should cause shame
5: wait but that uh, i just haven't after you finish i'm going to argue with this
1: so there's in terms
5: the thing with paying doesn't really work like the thing that tani said is like somebody could feel shame or embarrassment if somebody slaps them in the face even though it's not like revealing any kind of secret that's correct but like then to like to do that like oh we'll just do this and then you can pay later like it still causes the person to feel that emotion and then but they could he ask. Just like pay money. I mean, that's like a vidya Okay, like, good, now right? Now we pay money, but so we right? originally say we're going. But he talk shouldn't be
1: able to answer it because he should have to ask a shayla, and right ask if, right, just like he asked about other, right, but other, about other things that will embarrass people, you have to ask a shayla. Am I, allowed, am I to tear off? <laughs> right to tear off someone's kerchief in public? Uh, right, right. Um, things right. And the answer is it's us. You shouldn't do things to shame people. Okay. So you could be that this is the kind of mistake we could say it's purely regulative. Really, there's no chiddush in this halacha. It's just right. It's just that it's just that people wouldn't realize that it's us, or it could be that um, that it's not that it's um, the kind of thing that people would too ease right, it's just like we want people to understand, or it could be, right? The most radical way of reading it would be is that it's telling you that there's certain right that even though other areas of Busha, in fact, we allow Mechila. Um, but but we learn, Rabbi Kiva says. Right in some cases we don't. Right there are case, there are we allow mechila and bushes we don't allow mechila about. And maybe what we're saying here is that there are certain things that people we're trying we're trying to convey to you that certain things should intrinsically cause shame because they're violations mm-hmm. of dignity. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it's a much better case for a penumbra.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, right. So that's what I want to ask: is make the best case. I understand that we can say that this is just designed to protect the aid, right to protect to protect people from using power to cause shame, right? Whereas the absence of a specific law would be too easy, right, for people to rationalize to themselves or too hard to collect right? too hard to collect. Yeah, yeah. I understand we can read it that way. What I want to argue is it's not the only way to read it, right? And now you have to figure out then you have to figure out for yourselves. So but right? if I have different kinds of readings, right, and these are not these are different kinds of readings, right? These are not just this is not a machloket. Really, right about what it says is right, it's a question of whether this is the right way to read laws or not. And now we can each of them can be evaluated in their own terms, or you can evaluate them by whether they cover the right number of cases, or you can evaluate them by whether when the classical tradition discusses these laws, right, what is the rhetoric they use about them, right? But they're different kinds of readings. In one, right, if you're black or Reibleich, at least Reibleich formally. Right. You're, not, right? you're not going to try You're not going to try to read it that way. Because right. it's the wrong way right. to read. Right? So that's why I want you to, right? I want you to try to read it that way. Right? Realize when you're, right, when you're trying, no, when your objection to reading it that way is because I just don't want to read it that way. And when your objection is because even if I wanted to read it that way, I can't read this one that way. Yeah. Okay. okay. And that, I think, that, that, that's that, that's what I want to um to cover tomorrow, hopefully, is to right is to figure out like what would be the best case, and I think you know there. I mean, you have to ask this for each of them, and then you have to ask yourself, at what point that is there a weight of evidence kind of thing, right? Where you know where, you know, it works for three of them really well, and for two of them it's plausible, and at such a point, like they're just too many.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
5: You mean like from all the leaps and things? Yeah, like right. That. But maybe
1: they're like there's so like you know, I'd ha- I could say there's no right to privacy because this is really about this, and this is really about this, and this is really about this, and that one we don't really pass in that way, and that right and right and that was not really a law. It's just right. It's just a value. But at some point, if I were to ask you the question, right? Do you think the Torah wants to protect this? Mm-hmm. And the answer is yeah. Like you know, when I look at all that, I have to say the answer is yeah. I think the Torah wants to protect this. Mm-hmm. And at that, right, at that point, we start asking, you know, just maybe part of that evaluation is also the Agatata and and all those sorts of things, right? That's a, and that's a different question to ask yourself. Um, and then, you know, and, and maybe it affects law, maybe it doesn't affect law. Um, part of it is whether you're ever willing to say something like, I think this is an uncommonly silly lack of law.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But just because I think there ought to be a law doesn't, doesn't let me claim the halakha, the halakha yeah. made. Law. Or do you say no? Right, halacha has to be the expression of Ritzon Hashem, and so if there, ha- if there, it's really obvious there should be a law. My presumption is that Chazal was a big one. Right, Rabbi for example, is over and over again willing to say that halacha now is not what it should be. What it should be is right there's Right, it's obvious that if there were a Sanhedrin, we would have X, Y, and Z takanos to accomplish this, but we don't have a Sanhedrin. <clears throat> Uh, right there's a okay. there's a book by Riffertzog that some are you familiar with it Tchukah and Al Dina Piyalacha. So was the right, the yeah, um, Ashkenazi yeah. Chief Rabbi. So there's a, he, has, he has a he has right he had he had the dream that right, Alexander's K's <laughs> book now is all about uh, that there was a Hiddish, which you can buy or not that thus that the state should be halachic. The
2: a lot to say about this.
1: Stuff. <laughs> okay, right. This is the counter chiddushi around in Alex K's book. What? This is the counter of the chiddushi around right Alex K. In Alex K's recent book <laughs> Okay, i want to tell you right, that this book, right, so you want to set up the argument, so Alex Kaye in his book, The Invention of uh, Theocracy, I think, mm-hmm. argues that really the default position in tradition would have been the drush Iran, and nobody would think the state had to run according to halacha. And that Rehersag has this tremendous chiddush that the state should run according to halacha. And so he writes the constitution of halakha. But one of the things he does at the outset, he says, these are the 20 or so takanas we have to make for this project to start. Like obviously we have to give women equality and inheritance. Obviously we have to accept none from people as, as, as witnesses. Uh, right? Obviously, right? obviously we have to get rid of primogeniture. Right? Of, of right? These are just like the obvious things that you have to do, right? We would say now you have to recognize corporations in some way, yet, right? So that's right, so you can be willing to say that. Right? There's a price that you pay for that, which is when people ask you, why are we keeping this? They would say, well, we're keeping this because God told us to keep the system and didn't give us the authority to fix it when it went wrong. All right, that's not a great answer. Um, right, that's not a great right and then practice what that leads to is being sidelined, people find workarounds and you get to addresses around world. As the address right so just that's, that's a way of thinking about the uh, thinking about the whole question. Okay. Thank yeah. you as always. Sorry, Emily. So I yes. just wanted to clarify about just
3: like the, homework, uh, the
5: things we have to do for next for tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so.